Texas would be the route concept. And he's hit. Walker gets away. Looking. Can't find anybody. Now he's going to run it. Walker electrifying. He's got a first down. Walker's gap here in the middle of the field in the, in the end zone. Walker sees it. Floating it. Is he in? Touchdown. Phillips again. Tabu into traffic. And it's intercepted. Jeremiah Johnson. Johnson with some blocks inside the 40. Johnson turns on the speed inside the 10. What a turn of events. Houston needed a play on D and they got it in a 66 yard return. Down in A sound, we don't brag the boast, but down in A sound, we do it bigger than most. And down in A sound. What's going on, football fans? This is the XFL show and this is a recap of the Houston Roughnecks' 28-24 victory over the St. Louis Battlehawks. This is Bryant. This is P.J. Walker, Texas Ranger. Or Alan, better known on this show. Alan, uh, I think it's safe to say who you thought was the most impressive again this week, at least in this game. Man, there's no more fun player to watch in this league yet. This is the guy. P.J. Walker is the guy separating himself from everybody else as the star of the league. Flat out. I mean... The dazzling getaways from from pass rushers, the sidearm throws, the deep balls, the the scrambles. I mean, this guy's doing everything. He looks like Brett Favre out there. It is it's just a <laughs> breathtaking every time he's 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 got the ball in his hands. He's that kind of player. He's a risk taker, but he's taking risks. And the thing is, you know, they're paying off, and it's not hurting his team. And they got another another W here. But wow, what a hard fought battle by the battle hawks to get back into it brian i thought for a second they were going to maybe pull off a crazy upset but that roughnecks d line too put the clamps down at the very end it did and it 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 made for an exciting finish to another exciting game on this sunday uh let's recap this game a little bit uh started off really good for both teams both teams scoring touchdowns early on in the first quarter but then the roughnecks took over went into the half 21 to 6 looked like the battle hawks were kind of uh, DOA, man. They 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 weren't going to come back in the second half. It was a story of P.J. Walker and Cam Phillips really the entire game, but especially in that first half as well. Uh, it was hard for Jordan Tomu to get anything going in that first half. It was, it, it was a story of two games, really, for both teams. Yeah, Jordan Tomu, the, the first half story, yeah, story of two halves, you're right. The first half, uh, no real production points-wise, but give it up to him. He was super efficient. He had, he had a turnover, but, I mean, he was incredibly efficient with the ball. I mean, Jordan Tamu, at, in the first half, I think he only had like three, two or three incomplete passes. And at the end of the game, 30 of 37, 81% Jordan Tamu, 284 and three touchdowns and two interceptions. That's a pretty crazy line considering it's only his second outing as a pro quarterback as a starter, but he faced P.J. Walker, who was – you know, not killing it yardage-wise, but was just making plays, man, and scoring touchdowns and not turning the ball over, getting away from the sacks, and that was the big difference. The One quarterback, both quarterbacks I thought looked great, but one just could not avoid the difference in the game, and that was the Roughnecks defensive line, the best defensive line in, in the XFL so far, Bryant, because 
What those guys are doing is special. We saw they hit the quarterback 16 times last week. I didn't look at it yet for this game, but I'm sure it was a lot. Uh, hitting Jordan Tamu, felt bad for him. He was tough. Three that sacks. was the big difference. Was that roughneck defensive line just tenacious and got better as the game progressed? It did, and it was just a continuation of last week against the Wildcats. Three sacks on the day for that, the defensive uh, side of the football for the roughnecks. Uh, P.J. Walker looked great, but then Jordan Tamu came up and said, uh-uh, and he came back storming hard in the second half. From the one-yard line, that drive, that drive, though, was the, that was something special. They were going, and then it just some sort of miscommunication, and it stopped dead in its tracks midway, midway down the field. It could have been just really epic starting from their own one, though, right? I mean, that was, that was the yeah. key moment in the game was that interception. Well, it started – it ended kind of where it started, if you really think about it, with that interception for the Roughnecks going all the way back down to the five-yard line. Uh, there was some miscommunication there. I, I saw what happened, right? The defensive uh, side, the linebacker, I believe, looked like he jumped. So uh, Tom Wu thought he had a free play. Yeah. And he did it. They didn't throw the flag, so he threw it into coverage. And So who told him there was a flag? You can't assume there's a flag on the play. They well, just... I think he just assumed – he assumed he saw the play. By seeing the player, he looked like he was offside. Well, you know he what saw I do? the player jump. If I'm Jonathan Hayes, I take Tom Wu and I say, I know he was offsides, but you can't assume. Because you know what happens – you know what, what happens when you assume... Okay, I'm just going to stop you right there. Just just stop. I'm a dad, and I don't even want to talk about that stuff right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's talk about the two quarterbacks. Really just compare them a little bit, because I always like to do that on this show. Uh, Jordan Tamu, 30 for 37, like you mentioned. 81% completion percentage, uh, 284 yards, three touchdowns, those two interceptions. That one big one that we talked about on that drive that would have been the drive so far of the season. Unfortunately, uh, not for the for Jordan Tamu. And then P.J. Walker, 20 for 31 a uh, 65% completion percentage, only 170 yards. Alan, before we got on here, uh, sorry, three touchdowns, by the way. Uh, but before we got on here, you said the yards are not a big deal for P.J. Walker because that's not his game. Yeah, you know, the last two weeks it hasn't been. It's been just big plays and protecting the football, and that's what he did. And that is the big difference where the, the interceptions from Tamu uh, were what killed the Battle Hawks. It stopped drives. It gave the Roughnecks opportunities. Other than that, they were a great offense. They were efficient. They ran the ball well. I love the Battlehawks running game. I mean, they were three for four on fourth down. That's pretty darn good, too. And the Roughnecks were two of ten on third down. Brian, you look at these stat lines, and honestly, we did our power rankings. I already submitted them to you. I might have to redo them. Because looking at what behind the se- behind the numbers, the deeper numbers with the Battlehawks actually are doing is impressive as an offense, but mistakes. And that comes with maybe having a young quarterback. I don't know. Something that's definitely something we'll discuss on Tuesday's show. But yeah, the the the, the turnovers, the big difference, and the reason those happen, I think, was because at times that St. Louis BattleHawks pass uh, offensive line pass protection uh, kind of looked, uh, you know, like Swiss cheese. There were just some holes in it, uh, and you know, Jordan Tamu just also doesn't evade pressure like PJ Walker because you got I was you'd watch him and say, man, I bet PJ Walker would have got away from that. He was back flipping off of tackles, dude, and and he was he was down. I know he was down on the one play, but still, he was he's a great actor. <laughs> well, he's so good, the referees don't think he's down. He like, oh, if he got back up, he's fine. He didn't assume that the you know why he did not assume that the whistle was blown and he kept playing. Uh, well, just as a team, the uh, Battlehawks ran 83 plays while the Roughnecks ran 49. So that kind of shows you just the dominance 
of the Battlehawks when yeah. they should have won this game. This yeah. is one of those games, right? Can I say it this time and you guys won't make fun of me? The Battlehawks should have won this game with their possessions. It's just they shot themselves in the foot one too many times. That drive would have been phenomenal uh, oh. to top off this game, but it just didn't happen. I don't know. I don't and when you have a well, when, well, on the offensive side for the Roughnecks, when you have a a series that starts on your opponent's five yard line, I think that bodes well for your scoring. It does. I, you know, I'm not going to go with your. They should have won on this one at all, but I'm going to say if you looked at these numbers on the team stats side, you would think the Battlehawks would have won this game, but. This is the XFL, and also this is June Jones. And they were saying it during the broadcast the entire time. Time of possession and all that in yardage really doesn't really matter in their scheme. What matters is efficiency and making a big play, you know, and taking what the defense gives you and making a big play out of that. And that's exactly what Houston did, and the Battlehawks had those mistakes. Um, You know, Houston is – they are showing they are a special team because they are lethal. They can make a big play at any moment. They've got a bunch of guys that have stepped up today. It was Cam Phillips, three touchdowns for the wide receiver who loves to take his helmet off until that last one. He said, oh, no, I better stop doing that. And P.J. Walker is just a, a very special player who could make all sorts of huge plays. And then also give it up to Butler, the running back. At the end of it, when you want your running back to really take over, he did. He had some big chunky chunky gains even though they had seven attempts just still everybody on that offense contributing and that you know the, the the yardage maybe not doesn't reflect it the third down conversions maybe doesn't reflect it bryant i know you look at those but what did was when they got their opportunities they scored what was it four for four in the red zone that's going to be a good day it is. I it, Look, I'm going to go back and watch the tape again of this game. I was watching it coming back from Dignity Health Sports Park and the LA Wildcats game on my phone. Um, but, look, the Roughnecks scored one touchdown. They had a few three and outs in that second half. St. Louis did something uh, to make them different in that second half. I'm really interested to see what they were doing different in the second half that caused Houston to only score once because this is the first time that Houston has been really held off the yeah. scoreboard uh, multiple times in a half. Uh, this season so there's something there you i know, saw the, the, the one scoring drive that they you. had was five yards i, I could tell, tell you me. what it was the the tell houston, me, Mr. Professional. The, the houston roughnecks issue that they are going to have to clean up on offense there were way too many free shots at pj walker there were some yes. blitzes that that jay hayes dialed up on, on weak sides on sides where there was no protector no running back sliding to, to the left or the right and Guys just had absolutely a straight shot right at P.J. Walker. And the thing is, he ducked out of a lot of them and escaped and either threw it away or you know gained a couple more and got sacked at the line of scrimmage or something and wasn't catastrophic. But it could be if, if one of these edge guys you know gets a shot at P.J. Walker next week or the week after, they could be in trouble, Houston. So they avoided the catastrophe that way. But that is how it happened. The Battlehawks stopped them a lot on third down with those kind of plays. They just brought they brought some guys. Even though at time, you know, I think we we even talked. I talked to Nick Hawley, the, the 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 receiver for Houston, and he said, and and also the offensive coordinator Chris Miller, I think, said this too. The Battlehawks in Week One, he said, the secondary was you know pretty conservative. They stayed back. They covered, and this team relied a lot on their front you know front four guys to get pass rush. Battlehawks brought some extra guys or changed it up and slid guys over 
to get a get a rusher where there was no blocker a lot. They really dialed up some good blitzes. Unfortunately, they didn't pan out exactly where you get a strip sack or a turnover, but they did enough to keep them in the ball game in the second half. And then that offense, they made some plays. They controlled the clock, but they didn't get it in the end zone enough. And also, you know, I know it didn't matter because the Roughnecks, you know, killed the clock and ended up winning it. But to not go for two or three – on that last touchdown, I'm still scratching my head on that, Bryant, for the Battlehawks. If I'm if I'm Jonathan Hayes, I'm at least putting myself in a position where it's a field goal game at the end in the last two minutes of this thing. And they went they went for one, I guess, but wh- why do that if if the well, percentages well, here's, here's, here's the the percentages well, going are for bad. one would have put it well going for one would have put you in a field goal you know a field goal away from the game regardless. I understand for a tie, that. yeah, for a tie. What? For a tie. So here's the thing. We saw the opposite with Coach Moss, right? He was down four points with a few minutes left. And what did he do? He went for three. That make also it a one-point did, game. didn't make the most sense, but I liked it. <laughs> right. And then Coach Hayes goes for one, which I think makes the most sense. Make that a make that a field goal game. A two points makes it a field goal game for the win. But it, it all depends. You know, I, I think who was it on the – Greg Olson on the call said, you know, teams got to figure this conversion out because it's not looking very well for any of these teams. If you're going to go for two, go for two. If you're going to go for one, go for one. Have these plays ready uh, because these conversions are just not happening. And it's it's kind of unfortunate because you want those conversions to start occurring. Yeah. All right, Alan. It, it, looked, it looked bad. It just looked – to me, just it, – it looks bizarre when you're switching up one, two, one, two. You don't. You look unsure of yourself. I mean, I don't even think you need that many plays if you're, if you're, especially if you're going for one. Figure those out for sure. I can't wait to see who figures it out first because they're going to end up being a, a team that's ahead of ahead of the curve. Um, you know, the Roughnecks have gotten a handful of those already, so I guess it's them right now. But they still were only what, uh, like you got one, I think today, a one pointer or. Yeah, one pointer. One pointer in the fourth quarter. Yeah. All right, quick look ahead, Alan. Both these teams have games of opposites. If you really think about it, the Houston Roughnecks are going to hit the road for the first time against the Vipers. Uh, that should be an interesting contest because the Vipers seem to be better than what they've been showing these last two weeks. So it'll be a good test for them. And then you have the Guardians coming off that horrible game this last this last week. Uh, coming into the Battle Dome, uh, that crowd is going to be ruckus there for sure. I think we can expect some good games there. Oh my God! Oh, I can't wait for the Battle Dome. I'm a I'm a be there in the Battle Dome with you. Uh, here's the we're breaking news. We're going to be in the Battle Dome because I don't want to miss that. I want to see these Battle Hawks in front of their home crowd. Crowd. I can't. Alan, I was trying not to tell anybody that I was going to be in the Battle Dome. I don't want them to have time to prepare for me arriving in St. Louis. But I guess we will be in St. Louis for that game Sunday, February 23rd at 3 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. All right. Make sure you catch us every single week here, Tuesday mornings, Thursday nights. Tuesday mornings, we'll recap this entire weekend with the rest of the guys, Jake and Vince. Thursday, we'll take a look ahead at week three of the XFL. Uh, Listen on your favorite podcast gimmick or on XFL.com or even on YouTube.com slash XFL, the official YouTube channel of the XFL. All right. For Alan, I'm Bryant. This is the XFL Show. Remember, they're listening.